You know, uh, before we get started tonight, on this Thursday evening, November 2nd, 2023, a night that we bring back a wonderful friend of ours, Chris Ann Hall, for a talk. I've got a bunch of things I want to ask her, some hypotheticals, some current events related. It's been a couple of months since Chris Ann's been on the air, so it's going to be nice to catch up. I want to uh, want to congratulate my friends Brendan and Amanda. Just brought a uh, new baby boy into the world yesterday. No, actually two days ago. On Halloween. So, uh, trick or treat. They got a treat. And um, they don't go home from the hospital until tomorrow. So, in the event that they're actually watching this, congratulations. Gentan to all of you. And, um, and yeah, tonight is going to be a good one. Because we have a bunch of things to do up front with Chris Ann. We've got a little things to do on the back end that I think will be funny. It's the first corporate Christmas commercial disaster that I could see. Just, it's, just, it's just so weird. And I said, all right, well, let's do it. It's, it's November, so we can get into this now. I'm sure there's going to be more, but I want to stay on top of it for all of our fun. This is the kind of fun we have. Um, Thursday, that's what I got. We're going to be discussing a few um, few things, including the 19th Amendment. I have a couple of questions about the 19th Amendment based on our occult feminism show. I made a note to ask Chris Ann about a few things, and I want to see what she would do if she were the, uh, the House of Representatives speaker, the Speaker of the House. Speaker Chris Ann Hall. I would love to know what she does there. And then we're going to mix in a few other things in the second half. Thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. You can find them on QuiteFrankly.tv's affiliates page. They're right there on the top. Emergency food, drinking water. Uh, I don't know if they have turkey basters there. They may have some emergency turkey basters. We all know that in a pinch, turkey must be basted one way or another. Do it the old-fashioned way with a baster. I guess the old-fashioned way was actually taking the brine into your mouth and spitting it all over the turkey, but you don't want that in a survival situation. You're trying to limit your exposure to joims the best you can. But there's other great things on quitefrankly.tv's affiliate page that you really need to go check out right now because there are presents for yourself and for everybody. It is it is time to put the pedal to the metal with your Christmas shopping. There is gold and silver resources right there. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. That's quitefrankly.gold. I... I'm going to be giving everybody a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of coffee, and a little bit of silver. And it is a stuff everybody's stockings with that, ladies and gents. It is just so nice. What are people going to say? Oh, my gosh. How classy, how thoughtful, and not a lot at all spent. You can go and buy the chocolate there. That's Yes Cacao. Flip City Magazine. Get somebody a wonderful uh, subscription to Flip City Magazine. Uh, Rob's Remote Qigong Classes. Get somebody the gift of physical and mental health. Telling you, those classes are fantastic. And there's much more on there and much more to be added. So go and uh, kick around and have a good time. Tomorrow night, we got comedian Mike Baldwin that's going to be coming on for a segment with me and Matt. I have other things already lined up for that, too. And then next week, well, we already went over it. There's one story that I'm going to crack open tonight that I've got to bring up with Marley Hornick from New York Citizen Audit when she comes back on on the 7th because... It's pretty big as far as election integrity goes. 
there is a judge, a federal judge in Connecticut, that many are saying set a precedent for election fraud cases to be tried all over the country now. I'll tell you a little bit about that tonight, and then we'll go into that in more detail with Marley next week. But um, for now, let's jump into the grab bag, shall we? The first one up is a um, is a cozy little story from New York, or whatever you want to call it now. Migrants are behind the boom in New York City's red light district. That means that means prostitution, ladies and everybody, ladies and gentlemen, and gentlemen and everybody. <laughs> whatever the hell I just said right there. Hold on, let me have a drink of water. No, excuse me, excuse me. I know nobody has a problem with that whatsoever, so I'm just going to do it whenever I want now. (laughs) Migrants are behind the boom in New York City's red light district. Just what the country needed, more whores. Oh, just what we needed. That's what America needed. Eric Adams says that that's what's been going on there. That's what that's what that's what Eric Adams says. So he even admits it. Mayor Mayor Eric Adams has blamed the rise in prostitution in Queens neighborhood uh, on an influx of female Venezuelan migrants who are strictly Venezuelan, who are struggling to find work in the Big Apple. Well, I have to imagine it's very hard for hundreds of thousands of people to find work when you've only arrived a couple of weeks ago in a gigantic army of unknowns. You know, uh, finding employment, settling down, being part of a community, that's something that takes time to build up. Some of us had the privilege of being born in this country. But wherever you are born anywhere, that's usually what you start to build up there. You have familiarity with the, with the uh, with your with your community, with your nation. You are known to your nation. You are known to your community, and therefore you get to be able to build your identity. And with that, the work that you do. So of course, when you come and sneak into other countries, uh, being sold a really bad bill of goods, somebody telling you that you're going to be taken care of, and you realize it's just not possible. It's not possible for that to be true. The oldest professions are always going to rise up. Women are just going to go out there and give their bodies away, and um, and that's what's going on right now. Yeah, but that's yeah. That we just need we just need more resources. We just need more resources. So uh, there you have it. More more from New York City. Here's a headline for you. Here's a headline for you to to digest. Fiend, a fiend, strangles a woman, a 25-year-old woman, to the point of blacking out in a New York City attack. A fiend. There's the fiend right there. A 25-year-old woman was walking near Hudson Street and Avenue D around 4.10 a.m. That was her first problem. On October 22nd, when an unidentified approached and strangled her from behind, the sudden attack caused the victim to fall to the ground and black out briefly. When the woman got back on her feet, her assailant ran off toward Avenue C. The disturbing attack left the victim with bruising to her knees and a cut on her neck. The New York Police Department released a surveillance uh, image late Tuesday of the fiend. 
who is still at large. Police said he appears to be between 35 and 45 years old with a dark complexion, standing around five foot six and weighing about 140 pounds. He was shown wearing a black hoodie. Oh, you mean a dark hoodie, don't you? And dark sweatpants and also dark sneakers. The way you have to relearn to read the news is, uh, this is why comedy is very, very challenging. Very, very challenging where you just have to just say things and, uh, and, and it's not so much funny as it is you feel a release, like, oh, thank God, like you cracked the knuckle or something like that. It's just ridiculous, ain't it? Anyway, here's one for you. Headline from Reason.com. Man, I used to read a lot of Reason.com, so I don't. I, they don't pass by my dash that much these days. But anyway, youth smoking nears zero, but Biden still wants to ban menthols to protect kids. Oh, is that why? Because a year or two ago, they said they want to ban menthol because it had racial impacts, that they wanted to protect black people. That's what he said. New data from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention show youth smoking at a historic low with just 1.9% of high schoolers lighting up in the past month. Youth vaping, youth vaping is also at its lowest level in a decade at 10%, and cigar use is down to 1.8% from 2.8% the previous year. That's good news from a public health standpoint, but the data raises questions regarding the Biden administration's plan to ban menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. A key argument for prohibition is that the menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars appeal to youth, especially black youth. Yep, there you go. And banning them is essential to prevent future generations of addiction and outweighs the risks of illicit markets that are certain to follow. So it outweighs the risks of creating a black market for menthol cigarettes that are, that'll, I mean, why would that outweigh the risk when all you need to do to combat this is just... Be a little bit more proactive with how you raise people. And I mean, obviously something's going on out there. I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is. Um, Kids may have ditched cigarettes, but there are millions of adults who still use menthol cigarettes. But I want to know what they really attribute this to. I, I really do. There's nothing in here. Now, obviously, about last week, we were talking about the way that that uh, pharmaceuticals are advertised to the American public, and I said I would much rather have cigarette commercials than this, and I would, but if you're going to ban one, then please ban the other. I mean, if you're, you're talking about the lesser of two evils, uh, it's definitely cigarettes for me, all right? Um, I would never smoke them. But I would much rather see the Marlboro man up there doing his thing on his horse than, than uh, all this other crap. So I wonder what it's about. What is the shift? Um, are more children smoking just marijuana, cannabis? Are they doing other drugs? Or are they, just, are they generally cleaning up? There is nothing in this Reason article about that. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more and... Uh, And that I will do, so I'll keep that highlighted in my bookmarks over here. Here's one for you. U.S. officials hold their breath for Iranian 
cyber attacks, and there's the snarling, stupid, doofy face of Chris Ray and his Lego man hair, and that huge, ridiculous nose. I have a prominent nose, I understand. It doesn't give me any specific advantages. I don't smell things any better than you do. But this nose is ridiculous with the gigantic curling nostrils. Like what cartoonist made this man? He was designed by our cartoonist. Anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because now we're all crazy. The, the FBI is holding their breath. Critical infrastructure owners and operators are stepping up security as the U.S. government keeps a close eye on the evolving threats from Tehran in cyberspace. I am... Is, is it not just amazing to anybody else out there how incredible... And how swift the switch from Russia to Iran has been. It's just been so swift from Ukraine to Israel. How swift it was. It's just incredible. I mean, NATO got together to redefine for the world what uh, how Article 5 would be triggered if Russia... Everything was about Russian cyber attacks. At least, especially for the duration of the war in Ukraine and a little bit before that. That's all we've been hearing about, Russian cyber attacks. Now, all of a sudden, it's just everything switches on a dime. It's just incredible. And the other thing you have to hold your breath for is the explosion of hate crimes against everyone. Against everyone. Now, congratulations, well, almost everyone. We'll see that right now. First of all, congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning their first World Series ever. I know not many people watched the World Series just because it was two smaller market teams, but I had a good time, and it was more action than the Yankees ever gave us over here in New York the entire year. It was amazing to see singles and doubles and stealing, and it was great. It was like watching a real baseball game from both teams, but the Rangers were just too strong for the Diamondbacks to overcome. Anyway... For those of you who weren't watching, you know, every once in a while, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch the, the, that's really the only time that I'm watching TV is if there's a sports matchup that I think would be interesting and I have nothing going on for that afternoon or a little bit of that night. Anyway, um, it, it's like whenever you're watching that, I really almost enjoy the times watching the commercials because it gives me a little bit of a of a insight into what the average person is getting fed every day. It is nonstop, as you might not be surprised, nonstop girl power, uh, nonstop with the racial hierarchies. They're always establishing racial hierarchies, and you can see the representation quotas that are just jam-packed into every commercial. And of course, wartime propaganda. Every commercial break is ended, bringing the, uh, us back into the game with a text to donate sign, the lower third, and they're, they're reading their copy over there on the broadcast end, text to donate to send help in the wake of the atrocities in Israel. Well, I mean, I'm, which, well, yeah, because when innocent life is snuffed out, when innocent people are murdered anywhere, it's an atrocity, but... As we all know, that's not where the story ends, and it's certainly not where the story begins, but 
as to what like Albert was asking last night, where, where are you seeing any pro-Israeli stuff? You know, in, in the streets, it's mostly people uh, chanting for ceasefires. Obviously, there are far more radical, insidious groups inside of them. Uh, many of them reflect the thoughts and the views of those who are now serving in the United States Congress. Truly, truly a, a, a shit show. But this is what I'm talking about. This, uh, you can tell how serious things are when uh, when they settle on branding a date. You know it's serious when they are going over and beyond a branding a date. 10-7, the 10-7 attacks. 12-7, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, 1-6. You know they're serious about, about the event when they're branding the date. And then we got this commercial. I... Uh, I recorded it on my phone, so it's going to look a little whatever. But to take a look at this, 29 seconds. The first thing that pops up is Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S. I'm going to be reading this for the uh, the podcast audience. Ready? 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second Jewish hate is up 388% in the United States. How the ADL gets that metric, I have absolutely no clue. 388, though, for those of you who pay attention to numbers. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up, too. Everybody across the board. Every, almost everybody. Almost everybody. Black, Muslim, and Asian hate. And Jewish hate. When one hate rises, they all do. (laughs) So obviously I didn't see any white people or Christians in there. Almost almost makes you wonder if white Christians have a hand in the hate crime spike since they are like the only ones unaffected by this tidal wave of hatred. So, I mean, if if anybody, first of all, if anybody's getting hate, if everybody is getting hate crime at once, Who's responsible? And is it even a hate crime? Isn't that just a brawl? You have a, or is it a global civil war? I mean, what is that? When people get into a bar fight, is it multiple parties committing hate crimes against each other? What is this gobbledygook? And then comes the solution over here. According to the, according to the ADL, the solution is to simply stand up to hate by, as they say, Sharing and wearing the blue square. They have this blue square up there. That's what they want everybody to wear. So they want to change, swap out all of your default pictures all over the place. Share and wear the blue square. Statistics by the Anti-Defamation League report in 2023. And even though they want to stand up to all hate, the URL is standuptojewishhate.org. My God, is it insufferable. This whole everything, everywhere you turn. So that's why I'm happy I generally don't watch television, but it is just like you get choked with it. You really do. It's just, wow. Anyway, let's get started. We'll be right back. Bringing Chris Ann Hall in. I want to talk to her about a number of things I think will be really entertaining for the evening. Don't go anywhere. In fact, help me share the show wherever you are right now. Hit the share button and bring in everyone you know. My, oh, my, just... Help me out. Be right back. Merci de me foutre ta hood! 
people should know when they're conquered. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! So real quick before I call up Chris Ann, just a little bit of a preview of what we got to talk about when we have Marley Hornick on the show. Take a look at this. This is by Beheasy Tweets, but I saw the Epoch Times and others sharing about it as well. Democrat judge in Connecticut has overturned the results of the mayoral primary election in Bridgeport and ordered a new election be held after bombshell video evidence of election fraud was found. The volume of ballots so mishandled is such that it calls the result of the primary election into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate result of the primary. Judge Clark wrote in his ruling, adding that the video are shocking, or videos are shocking, to the court and should be shocking to all the parties. Judge across the county now has a case to go off of, or off uh, judges, um, judges across the country now has a case to go off of when the ruling of future mail-in ballot fraud cases are uh, are brought up. Now, they should be shocking to all the parties except the party that was um, investing in the ground game. Obviously, obviously, this wasn't an overzealous, uh, you know, fan of one person or another. Uh, obviously, they're working for one party, one organization. But anyway, we're going to get into that a little bit more at a later time because uh, we have some other things to do right now. It's been a little while, a little while since we've had our friends here. Oh, wait, we're getting around right now. Cr- Chris Ann, are you there? Hold on. Chris Ann, you hear me? Hello? Hello. Hey now, <laughs> what's going on? I'm sorry. I'm I'm turning I'm turning the uh, the camera so you can see me. The, I, I was like I got an alfalfa curl going on here. <laughs> I know, and you had a view of the guest couch with nobody sitting on it, so there was that. 
Anyway, oh, look, my words are backwards. No, not over here. Trust oh, me. Oh, good. I've had that. I've had that issue. I was very, very worried that that was the case with me when I would go on other people's shows through Zoom. I see everything backwards, and I thought, I whatever. Anyway, you look great. Everything's fine. How have you been? You've been traveling a lot. You've been doing your thing. We almost met up. I know. It was like this close this time. <laughs> you guys you guys were so close yet so far, and there was, there was a better than a fighting chance that you would have been sitting right in this room with me tonight, but another oh, time. Yeah, you don't know how close. I mean, seriously, I, I was online buying tickets. Oh, well, don't worry. Next time, I, I may have a travel budget for you soon. Maybe we can oh. help you out. That, that, that's what I want to look into for the future. I want to get that going. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, anyway, so how's everything been? How's JC? How's the... Uh, how how's everything? I know that you're you're still doing the show, but I don't know what your your education schedule is like, right? Yeah, so we don't do it regularly anymore. It's more like I pop on when I have time. Like oh. yesterday I did a show that was about an hour and 20 minutes and I covered I covered three subjects. Um, the new speaker of the house, Johnson made uh, made a statement about uh, America not being a democracy and we explained what that I explained what that really means you know mm. when people say we're a democracy and when they say we're not a democracy what does that really mean and then I played a video of a guy I guess it was on TikTok I don't know of a guy in California whose house was being raided because he registered his firearm and we talked about issues not just simply with uh, Fourth Amendment uh, right to a warrant, but also the California Constitution has the same search and seizure provisions in their constitution. And then I also talked about the fact that so many people say that you don't have the right to keep and bear arms in California because it's not enshrined in the constitution. And then I explained why the constitution absolutely does enshrine the right to keep and bear arms as a matter of the right of, you know, an alienable right of the people. And that just simply because there is no Second Amendment language in there doesn't preclude that as an as an enshrined or enumerated right. You know and what? Then last what? section okay, I yeah. talked about oh, Christopher Ray, the lion piece of crap he is, yes. and um, and how uh, he admitted it was just amazing. I went uh, I I went through his Senate hearing. And Rand Paul asked him a question about three million dollars that the that the FBI paid to Twitter, and did Rand Paul asked him the question? Did the FBI pay Twitter to censor? And he said, "We did not pay FBI, the FBI did not pay Twitter to censor." But what he said was even more amazing. He said they paid. Twitter $3 million for content they created for the FBI. And that, it went right over everybody's head. Nobody ever responded to the fact or questioned, why is, the, is Twitter creating content for the FBI? I know. And, 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 and the exchange of money there, too. It's just, uh, that's just incredible. You know, going back well, to... It's, it's not really incredible when you understand in 2012, 
uh, our Republican House and Republican Senate majority passed the Smith Modernization Act yep. that legalized the use of our tax dollars to create by government to create propaganda that would be used against us. Yep. Absolutely. So that was part of my Section 3, that whole cl- training about the Smith Modernization Act. And, and perhaps that's why it wasn't pursued, because, of course, that's just it's just legal. It's just, oh, well, I mean, it's it's normal. It's not legal. Yeah. It's just normal now. Uh, on, on the California thing, let me ask you this real quick before we get into to some of these other questions I had for you. Um, it's one of those things where we have our Bill of Rights for the for the general government. And then we, we understand that Russian doll decentralized approach, federalism, how it's all set up with our state right. constitutions. Uh, to what end can a state regulate firearms if, if they, are, they go through all their own state amendment processes and, um, and they do everything by the book according to their state constitution? To what end can they deprive a person of their right to bear arms? Well, that's a really good question when you understand that the U.S. Constitution is not a limit on on state constitution, uh, state authority in that way. The Bill of Rights in the U.S. Constitution is was and always should be an, an enumeration of limits on federal power. Uh, it's only through this errant and egregious misapplication of the 14th Amendment that we have this doctrine of incorporation of the Bill of Rights on the states that was never intended. Um, mostly because the states were expected to create greater protection for rights than the U.S. Constitution would uh, and and have more specific protections of people's rights. So when you see a state constitutions, every U.S. state constitution has a, a what they call it a declaration of rights or a bill of rights. Some of the states call them declarations, some of them call them bill. And they'll have large numbers of rights enumerated. And unlike the U.S. Bill of Rights, where the First Amendment is five enumerated, or five sections, most state constitutions break those down into five separate sections, mm. which I feel is, is a better protection of the rights. And so I'm not really avoiding your question, although it might sound like it. It's, it's not an easy question to answer because the Constitution is a contract. The state constitutions are a contract between the people that creates their government. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, a state constitution could um, you could take do it all a lot away. of things. Yeah, you can, you can go could over. Give yeah. a lot of power to government. I mean, you could have state established religion via constitution if you wanted it. But you really, really, we have to hope and pray. Uh, one of two things would happen if something like that happened. Number one. Uh, the people would be educated enough to never let that happen as yeah. to what happens when government and religion marry like that. And two, if it were to happen at a state level, that everybody with a, you know, a, a good morality and a, and, and a good sense in their head would leave the state immediately. Well, that's the big that's the big threat of today is uh, is uneducated people. And yeah. and of course, emotionalist thinking and especially when you're under the 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 threat of what 
they're being told is an unending tide of gun violence where there's nothing else attached to it except that the gun exists. All right, so I have something else I want to bring up with you. Um, I got to say that there are probably plenty more people who are finally starting to see that the border states who are busing illegal aliens further into the interior of the country just to own the libs was probably not the best thing to do. But I had, but I, but I had a uh, an interesting question come in from the subject about sanctuary cities and the financial and civil rights drain that they are. Someone mm-hmm. said, if they, if I can ask you, if there is any way to make a third amendment case about the government forcibly quartering foreigners like this. Now, I know that they're not uniform military, but is it too much? Is that too much of a stretch to say this is a Third Amendment violation? Yeah, I think so. Um, first and foremost, mostly because these are these these forced occupations of our property are not happening by the federal government. Right. I mean, it's happening at the state and local levels, right? So the Third Amendment, again, would only Im- would only apply if the federal government was forcing the quartering of soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. These are not soldiers. This is not a quartering act, and it's not being done by the federal government. Okay. It's being done by the state and local government. What it is, though, right, what it is, is a taking of private property, which invokes the state constitutional provisions of the right to property and due process, uh, the right to just compensation for a taking of government, uh, a taking of property by government. And and that's at the state level what that would be. So once, once again, you would have to know your state constitution. You would have to invoke those provisions of the state constitution Every state constitution denies any taking of property without due process. Life, you have an inherent inalienable right to life, liberty, and uh, and property, and none shall be taken uh, outside of due process, some say the course of law. And then uh, every state either has a constitutional section on eminent domain or a statutory section on eminent domain. So these are the kind of things that the property owners have to fight for. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the, I guess that the property owners in New York City just don't care because the uh, the government bucks are just too big as far as giving up their hotels. Yeah, it- I mean, it's too easy to... And here's the thing. It's too easy to be a slave, yeah. That's a I mean there's no accountability, there's no work involved, there's no nothing. You just sit back and you let the check roll in. The problem becomes when you become enslaved like that, uh you don't own your property anymore. And the bottom line is this, there's coming a day when New York's going to run out of people's money to pay for this stuff, and the next thing you know, these business owners aren't going to get a check from the government, and the people aren't going to leave. Well, it's like what you said before when you pointed out, I think it was during 2020, late 2020 or so, when we were discussing about all the money that was being made, the COVID relief money that was going around, that uh, some of the really under well, you know, understated provisions in a business taking any kind of relief money is that they surrender certain kind of regulatory decision making on how they run their business and that they they're essentially you know bringing the government government in as a partner yeah absolutely and that partnership doesn't end when the money ends because as long as the government has given you money they always have the authority to go back and audit how you've used that money and once they audit how you've used that money 
their discretion is arbitrary. It's unchecked. They can just simply say, we don't like how you did that. You now must pay us back all that money with penalties and interest. And we've seen that happen now. Even here in the state of Florida, we had the feds come in and say, we don't like how you're handling tips. Okay, We paid you during the lockdown to uh, maintain your employees and we reimbursed you and we gave you this credit. But you can't let your waitresses and waiters, your servers, keep their tips individually. If you want to keep our money, you have to engage in tip pooling. I mean, you know what I mean? You know what that means, right? Yeah. All the tips go in a bucket and then they're distributed equitably at the end of the night, regardless of how many tables you served or the work you did. Terrible. That, that that would be, and I, and I know some places that make so much money where it's almost like uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, where I know some waiters and waitresses that don't mind just because so much money is distributed mm -hmm. there. But uh, in, in smaller places, that would kill me. Where you you. You know what else, Frank? We I just spoke to. I'm I'm really sort of excited tonight. Um, I'm helping to draft a bill for the state of Florida. I can't talk a lot about it because it's. Oh, Still on the get-go, but I can tell you the title of the bill is called the Florida Rights Restoration Act, and we're going to be pulling out uh, emergency powers out of legislation and reasserting constitution and enumerated rights to supreme law of Florida. So we're really hoping that everybody will pray that this gets traction. Wow. Because I, I know the people of Florida would back this wholeheartedly. We just need the rhinos to uh, let something happen with it is there but i was talking to a legislator in the state of florida who's now battling our florida what's the chamber of commerce i think it was the chamber of commerce division of Co commerce maybe um i don't remember it wouldn't be the chamber of commerce the division of commerce who are now making people pay back the unemployment benefits that they got during COVID because they're now going in and applying, uh, by the words of these legislators, applying some arbitrary mathematical determination that they made too, they, they made too much money in unemployment while they, during COVID. And now all these people without any due process whatsoever being told they have to pay it all back uh. at the state level. I, I, you know, I, it, it's, you know, I know everything has a process, Chris Ann, but that just is such a smack in the face for even me to hear, given how every other headline is about 50 to 100 billion more dollars is being packaged up and laundered across the ocean to some far off place to be sunk into an unaccountable war zone here or there and to think that we're squabbling over pennies for Americans who have been raked over the coals. I, I mean, that's just. That just slap. That's a slap in the face for me to even hear. Uh. Well, that's what made my head explode about this new speaker. So I'm sure you realize that I'm not, you know, laying on the ground writhing in ecstasy over who this new speaker is because he's a Christian and he prays. I wouldn't imagine. The very first act he did was to send tens of billions of our dollars to foreign countries in the name of war. I just. I cannot wrap my brain around that concept as being humanitarian. Yep. Not to mention the fact that it's completely and totally unconstitutional. I'm with you on that. And, you know, let me ask you this. Uh, have you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but 
and I know you can't go into the details of what you're helping draft right now, but can you say that your handiwork has been ratified into law anywhere in the country right now? Have you ever been a part of a bill that's been passed anywhere at any time? Yet? I would have to say yes. Problem is, Frank, I, I'm not really... I don't. I don't want to. It's going to sound weird for me to say this. Um, I'm not a glory hound, right? I love putting out the work. I love having the opportunity to be to have input. I love being a part of a team. And so there's so many pieces of legislation over the last, I mean, I've been doing this 13 and a half years now, over the last 13 and a half years that I have written and I've never followed up on to see if it was actually ratified because, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting it on my resume. It's just what I do because what you see in me, Frank, is not what I do, it's who I am. So if I don't do this, if I don't do what I'm doing every minute of every day, being who I am, I would explode. So where some people are out, you know, to my, to my, maybe to my own demise, because most people who, who do what we do here would be publishing this on billboards, come fund us, come give us donations, look at all the stuff we're doing. I probably miss out on lots of big donors because we don't do this. But it, I don't know. I guess the short story is yes, I'm sure, but I couldn't tell you which ones because I I just well I don't have time to follow up on it. I'll tell you some things. Uh, one thing I know that you at least in an indirect way have a hand in. Uh, here's more of your work being put out there. I saw this uh, uh, printed by the Associated Press uh, in the beginning of uh, September, and I knew that I would we would we would be talking at some point. Um, so I, I put this aside. I said, this has got to be for Chris Ann. Here's the headline. You won't be able to see it, but I'm going to put it on screen with both of us right now. A right-wing sheriff's group that challenges federal law is gaining acceptance around the country. And this is a, um, a very, very hysterical. I've seen many more like this, but this is a little bit more downplayed where yep. they'll, they'll call it. <laughs> They'll call it legal theories, fringe legal theories about how the sheriff. Here are some highlights. The sheriff's group has rallied against gun control laws, COVID-19 mask mandates and public health restrictions, as well as an alleged election fraud. It has also quietly spread its ideology across the country, seeking to become more mainstream. Uh, Legal experts warn that such training especially when it's approved for state credit, can undermine the democratic process enshrined in the U.S. Constitution and is part of what Mary McCord, a former federal prosecutor and executive director of the Institute for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection at Georgetown University, called a... Oh, yeah, and it, like I said, Christian, I know I know you, but anytime I see constitutional attorney by somebody's name as a title, I know that they, they, they went to school to try to avoid the Constitution at all costs. <laughs> I know it doesn't apply to everybody, but for most it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. She called this a broader insurrectionist ideology that has gripped the nation since 2020. <laughs> and here, here's one of her quotes, and I'm going to let you talk about it. They have, the sheriffs, no authority under their state constitutions or implementing statutes to decide what constitutional, what's constitutional and what's not constitutional. That's what our courts have the authority to do, not sheriffs. 
<laughs> so. Well, you know, I mean, uh, just that statement itself expresses the depth of ignorance that is pumped out of our law schools these days, right? It's a complete lack of understanding of checks and balances and what that actually means. And I really, I mean, it it, it is so blatantly egregious that I, I really have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea that this is a lack of knowledge, right? I really believe that this is a denial of truth. And but I also understand that we stopped teaching proper constitutional application in 1830. So it's quite possible that m the majority of people who hold this perspective are just mind-numbingly ignorant about how government really is supposed to work, the purpose of the Constitution. And for Pete's sakes, the oath that says, I do solemnly swear I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state. And that's what we do. I, I do have to sort of, you know, sort of roll my eyes and smile because it's very interesting. There, That, that was a, a not-so-veiled reference to... Uh, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, right? Yes. Um, and it's just amazing to me that they have such, uh, the media and the the legal pundits and the lawyers or whoever they are, have such a, a lack of fear uh, uh, of the CSPOA that they're attacking them very openly and blatantly. While at the same time, I have taught more sheriffs than the CSPOA, I have changed more counties than the CSPOA, and I have produced an award-winning documentary that is going around the world, and they won't challenge me. Mm -hmm. So they'll challenge this entire organization and make veiled references to them, but they will not challenge me. Listen to this. There, here's, a, here's a little bit more for you, because um, it is about the CSPOA. Um, yeah. Let me see here. Screen capture. Oh, there you go. Uh, there's one more highlight I have, and then there's another interesting statement in the next paragraph. Unlike other law enforcement, uh, continuing education such as firearms training, the sheriff's curriculum is largely a polemic on the alleged constitutional underpinning. Alleged. Everything, everything is very, every word picked very, very precisely. Alleged. Yeah, because it has to be passively aggressive, eagle, legally ac ac accusatory, right? Yes. A polemic on the alleged constitutional underpinnings of sheriff's absolute authority to both interpret and refuse to enforce certain laws. One brochure advertising the group's seminars states, quote, the, sh the county sheriff is the one who can say to the feds, beyond these bounds, you shall not pass. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I, exactly. Now listen to this next one because it has some uh, it has a little bit of numbers in there. Since 2018, the Howard Center investigation found that at least 69 sheriffs nationwide have either been identified as members of the group or publicly supported it through at least one, uh, and though at least one later disavowed the organization. Uh, the, in a 2021 survey of sheriffs brought by the Academy researchers working with the nonprofit Marshall Project found that more than 200 of the estimated 500 sheriffs who responded agreed with the group's ideology. So they're, they're really scared that things yeah. that, and this is something that you have been so 
big on, and it, it, it's it's clear that it's catching it's catching fire because they yeah. would not be reporting on it. Well, I just got a call today, and I'm not going to say from who or from where, but a a a sheriff from one of our states, in which there are 90 counties in that state, uh, saw my documentary on the sheriff. Immediately said, I watched it three times in a row. He said, I have now uh, bought the DVDs for everyone in my department, and I want to buy uh, a DVD for every sheriff in our state, and I want to bring you in to our state sheriff's association meeting and to teach all our sheriffs at once. You see, the the amazing thing, and it's something that I actually mentioned in the documentary, that's why they start with like 2021 or 2019 or even 2017. Because if you go back to the 60s and the 70s and you watch the movies where there's a sheriff that comes head to head with the feds, the sheriff in all those movies says to the federal officer, uh, you know you have no jurisdiction here, so you can just take your federal badge and go. And we used to know this, mm-hmm. but the feds started funding our sheriffs. The education started fleeing out of the academies and the minds of our sheriffs because they were being bought by federal funds and trinkets. I mean, it, 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 the effects are so obvious. And, you know, and aside from wanting to put distance between a time when we had knowledge of that and it was just common knowledge for Americans, even from a, uh, a remedial sense where you only just picked it up because it was so evident in, in, in the, the, the entertainment that we were watching. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, even, you know, even, even television shows were reflecting norms of, you know, civic life. But, Right. It, it's also very manipulative to focus in on anything. Uh, this is a trend that started around 2019 to 2021 because this is all part of the insurrection building narrative that this is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh, just yeah. all well, there. Because they're losing power. Right. They're losing their hold over the power of the people. And this is and you know, you can talk about the lawyers and you can talk about this office and that office. The bottom line is you and I both know, Frank, this has nothing to do with the White House. This doesn't have anything to do with your gubernatorial candidates. This is a globalist one world government move. And they're always going to be frustrated in America because we are not Europe. Mm -hmm. They can take over Europe with the swipe of a pen. And here's the thing. I have had the amazing, I I got goosebumps just thinking about it, opportunity to do international constitutional studies. So um, my pastor does ministry across the globe. And he just spent, I think, six weeks uh, preaching in 10 countries in Africa, right? Uh, I had the opportunity to study the constitutions of 10 countries in Africa, do a constitutional summary of each one of those constitutions to be handed to the leadership of those countries. So I have studied the constitutions of, I think, 12 African countries now, 
I have studied the constitutions of of uh, Sweden, of Finland, of Germany, of England, obviously, uh, Haiti, and I even, when I was in law school, helped write the Constitution of Liberia. So I have studied these constitutions all over the world. And the very, very sad truth about these European and in, in the African constitutions is the overwhelming majority of them were written by the United Nations. No. And so the globalists just simply have to come in and invoke some section of the constitution they wrote and just rip out all the rights of the people back doors of of, of that of that government there's back doors and manual overrides and that's like buying a uh, you know computer system from a bunch of hackers and yeah. and thinking that there's not going to be uh, tons of vulnerabilities in there right and they that's why they are so angry and so bitter and so violently frustrated with our these united states number one we're 50 independent sovereign countries each with their own constitution that's modeled over the understanding that all power of government is derived from the people and all government's purpose is to secure the rights of the people and that every body of people has the right to alter or abolish their government if they fail to do those things. Each 51. So they can't come in with a swipe of a pen in Washington, D.C. and take over like they can in, in Germany or Spain or Italy or something. They have to conquer and very literally conquer every state. And they can't do it. They won't do it. Yeah, well, they, they, that's... Uh you can tell how tough of a of a task it's been because with the level of complacency that we do see yeah. in society today, <laughs> they're still having a really really hard time yeah. getting what they want. Um, thank thankfully, um, here now it only I takes a remnant. It only takes three percent of a population to hold on to what we have, and they're never going to get more than three percent. From your lips to God's ears. Then again, math is <laughs> math is what it is. Now I have two more questions. Yeah. I have two more questions. One of I don't know. We'll, we'll see how long it takes, but um, we don't need to go too crazy with it. But I need to ask you this. Okay, in, I'll do my best. In October, we did a show. I had an author on. Her name is Rachel Wilson. We did a show on the occult origins of first wave feminism. That was the suffrage movement, especially, uh, which included very. Um, very articulate reasons why many American women did not want the 19th Amendment passed. Uh, so, but now, you have been on in the past, and I know that you said something along the lines of the 19th Amendment was not the victory that people thought it was. Um, how do you cut this one up? Because you are an American woman who votes wiser than most American men. Mm -hmm. I'm sure most uh, anybody in this audience would love for five million more people just like you to be going to the mm -hmm. voting booths next, next year and any other time that there's an election. But how can you cut this one up for us? What's the, uh, what's the real deal with the 19th Amendment? Because I, I don't know. I, I just need another side of it. Um, I'm trying to um, remember... I can't forget. Um, there is 
So the origin of the feminist movement actually uh, began in the year 1792, which most people don't know. And it was predicated on a, or, or it was derived from a book uh, written by a female author by the name of Mary Wollstonecraft. And what's very interesting is that I can't remember the vindication of Mary or something like that. Basically, the book is about a woman who's in a very unhappy, abusive marriage who finds liberation in a an adulterous relationship with another man. From that comes the America uh, comes the, the the feminist movement in America that declares that marriage is actually a, an imprisonment of women into a lifestyle of servitude. And I'm not sure if your author got into this, but the crazy thing was some of the biggest, most powerful leaders in this movement were were um, evangelical, male evangelical pastors. Uh, so you have this movement that that stems from this book by Mary Wollstonecraft teaching free love and and we don't need to be married and and marriage is a prison and children are are our burdens and and death sentences to a woman and all that stuff coming from that now the 19th amendment it's very strange because it's got this whole feminist flair to it but it isn't really because most people don't realize and I'm, I'm trying to move quickly, but most people don't realize that women voted in America prior to the 19th Amendment. I remember you talking about this, and this, and this is what I really wanted to get around to, because anybody, if you were to, talk, especially younger generations today, if you were, they would never, ever know this. The 19th Amendment is when women were starting to see, uh, to be, that's it. That was the start of their, their political um, agency in American history yeah it's 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 crazy women voted they held office um prior to the 19th amendment and the strange thing is because you know we're in this 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 midst of of uh, voter fraud frenzy right like somehow voter fraud was just invented when donald trump ran for office but the reality is, as long as there's been voting, there's been voter fraud. And so women voted prior to the 19th Amendment. They ran for office. They held office. But what happened, and I can't remember exactly what year it was, Frank. If you had sent me a text message, I could have all these facts lined up for you. Damn. But what was happening was there was an election at a state level, and I can't remember which state, where it was a highly contested position between two political candidates. And what was happening was the men were going in to vote. And then the men were dressing, the same men were dressing up as women and going in and voting again. And so you have this highly contested election in which 
the wrong party won because of this you know, sort of transgender voter fraud thing that was happening. <laughs> it's before and, it's uh, really ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And so, I mean, I, I, that it, it brings up an interesting question: Can I self-identify as a man and get two votes? <laughs> probably, depending on yeah, who you probably. ask. Probably. Anyway, and so to solve that problem, they decided that they were going to then eliminate a woman's right to vote so that men couldn't dress up as women to vote. Now, this killed two birds with one stone because you see, whether you know this or not, women are very passionate creatures and women get very politically motivated if you touch certain issues. It's the whole mama bear principle, right, that we've been talking about. Well, that's just who women are. Well, the politicians were having problems because the women were able to gather up, muster up greater crowds with greater passion and greater fervor to swing votes. So they wanted to get rid of these women that were messing up the whole system and they used this voter fraud thing as an excuse to eliminate this threat of the women and their power to vote. In certain in certain states or this one state you're talking about? Where, where was Well, it? there were two states and then it just went... Right. It went poof, because then all of a sudden it wasn't about stopping women to vote. It was about stopping voter fraud. Right. So we have to stop this voter fraud. And and that's how it caught fire. It was a voter fraud issue in which they, you know, threw the baby out with the bathwater, eliminated people's right to vote to stop voter fraud. And so the irony of ironies is that, yes, it began at the state level. Well, the suffrage movement to repeal those laws that stopped women from voting also began at the state level. And by the 19th, by the time the 19th Amendment was ratified, every single state had reinstated the, the, the right of the women to vote. So the 19th Amendment wasn't even necessary, but... What happened was it was another step to federalize the election process in taking away the state's authority because every single election is supposed to be a state action, not a federal action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the same people that are funding this remove women's right to vote are the same people that were funding we need to make a 19th Amendment to give women the right to vote back because it was about a huge power shift from the states to the federal government. Look at that. Again, on both sides of the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wow-wee. exactly. Wowee. Okay. Well. Same thing with um, um, the uh, 18th Amendment. The, the, yeah, well, that, that was, I was also going to say, I know that the 19th Amendment went hand in hand with the push to, uh, for prohibition. Yeah. Um, th- that was actually one of the, the, the first major causes that they, 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 they wanted to merge the suffrage movement with the temperance mm-hmm. movement. And, of course, that is another big power grab. And it created, you know, the huge, huge black markets and everything else. And Hey, do you know a little-known 
historical trivia about the 18th Amendment and Prohibition? No, why? The major funder for Prohibition was John D. Rockefeller because Ford had created an engine that could run on any kind of fermented alcohol, right? And so Rockefeller did not want to lose the power that he had because of the monopoly in oil that he owned by by recreating cars that could run on alcohol. I did not know that that was a motivating factor at all. Yeah, absolutely. You need to read a book called The Killing of... Oh, there's two books, The Killing of Uncle Sam and The Killing of the Planet. And it will show you how uh, Rockefeller actually, in the beginning of his his uh, consuming all the oil industry, bought up all the electric vehicles in the cities and just dumped them in in lot in a um you know like where they dump cars and stuff i don't for i, I see i don't remember that part. i'm gonna have to reread that book i read it because of you yeah. it's a fantastic book i think that's that's one of those things if everybody read it once a year it'll eventually yeah. all stick together and i mean the, the 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 timeline of events is just it's a whole other it's a yeah. whole other version of history that makes so much more sense than what we're given yeah, and I'm not sure whether the Rockefeller... My husband actually teaches the, these books in the colleges. I've read both of them, but the history is so intertwined, the books sort of meld together in my mind. So I'm not sure if Rockefeller's in The Killing of Uncle Sam or in The Killing of the Planet, but both are a must-read because they deal with the same part of history just from an international and then one from an American perspective okay chris ann stay right there i'm going to mute you real quick we're going to go to the intermission when we come back i have one big question for you okay and uh, that's how we're going to end tonight so everybody stick around uh, we're going to learn about chris ann hall the speaker of the house in just a moment don't go anywhere it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
On the other side of intermission, we still have Chris Ann Hall here with us, and um, and we're going now to uh, end our little our fun time tonight. Which I'm so happy, man! It feels so good to have you back, Chris Ann. It really does. Uh, hold on, I don't hear you. You're still muted. Hold on, I'm asking to unmute. There you. Go. She's back. I- Mute. I didn't. I couldn't get my mouse to work. So oh, I was about it, to go try and figure it out. I never muted me, so I didn't know I was gonna have to unmute me. Yeah, I know. That's the one thing about Zoom. It's just like I can mute you, but then I have to ask you to be unmuted, which is weird. It's just let me unmute them. I know. If and, you if you did it, you should undo it. Ex- exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, so here's the what I want to end up with you. Uh, end uh, end with you tonight on. Obviously, you brought it up tonight. We have a new Speaker of the House, and it took a, a lot of weird stuff to get to that point. We had a historic removal of a Speaker. Um, that Speaker, who was just removed to even be installed in the first place, took uh, an ungodly amount of try. It, it, it's been a big struggle from the beginning. A lot of It's been good television, at least, but let's just do something. I want an exercise here, because we're talking about constitutional authority. I want you right now to be the Speaker of the House. You are Chris Ann Hall, Speaker of the House. You've been elected to do so, and that's it. You have the Senate is against you. You do not have the Senate. It's just your House majority. You do not have the White House. There's no friendly White House there as well. So Speaker Chris Ann, with nothing but a majority in the House and the Constitution on your side, what are you doing what are you doing for this next year before next year's election? What, what are you doing? Well, there'll be two things that we have to understand. As Speaker of the House, uh, that's my not only my priority, that's my responsibility. I couldn't give a flip what the Senate does, nor do I care what the president does. Not my monkey, not my circus. The house is my house, and that's where I'm going to clean house. And so first, and and I would say because I am, you know, not some kind of a political imbecile, I can actually multitask. So on one hand, we're going to go through and we're going and I'm going to demand as Speaker of the House that we completely gut the House rules and get them back into true constitutional republic order meaning the Speaker of the House will no longer carry five votes in committees. The Speaker of the House will not exercise dictatorial rule over the other members of the House. Committees will be selected by 
by nomination and popular vote, not by the Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House will not have dictatorial authority over which bills get to go to committee and which bills get to go to the floor. That will also be done by popular vote of the House members. What? Oh my gosh. That means the House actually has to get off their lazy butts and do something. Then, simultaneously, we are going to be reviewing the existing legislation that is contrary to the uh, Constitution in and of itself. We're going to go and we're going to, uh, I'm going to, because I'm not a dictator, mind you, I am going to uh, wield my influence as the Speaker of the House to ensure that we gut things like the Patriot Act, the uh, Smith Modernization Act, the Federal Buildings, uh, Federal Building Improvement and Grounds Act. Uh, we go through and we get rid of and we gut all of these pieces of legislation that are a blatant and and disrespectful, disgusting violation of our Constitution and uh, our rights. Uh, we are going to start impeaching some federal judges. I don't care if the Senate convicts. That's not my job, not my monkey, not my circus. So what we're going to do is we're going to start using the standard that our founders established for the impeachment of judges, which means any federal judge that imposes will, their, their feelings, their will, their political ideologies over the Constitution, we will draw up articles of impeachment pursuant to Article 3 of the Constitution, and we will vote on impeaching those justices, which may or may not include a couple Supreme Court justices. Uh, we will file articles of impeachment for Christopher Ray in the Department of Justice. Well, you know what? We're just going to clean out the entire Department of Justice. How is that? <laughs> I love We're going to pass legislation that defunds the the FDA, the EPA, the USDA, the Department of Ag, the Department of Interior. We are going to restrict the FBI and the Department of Justice's authority and jurisdiction to 10, square, 10 mile squares of Washington, D.C. and any official federal lands, which, by the way, will be severely diminished because there is no constitutional authority for the federal government to own parks and recreation yes. and national reserves. All of that state, through House legislation, sent to the Senate will be proposed to return back to the states as their jurisdiction. The EPA workers and all those federal agents that are no longer federally employed, our states will be able to create those entities. All those people can go back home to their states and work there. And then probably we'd have to sit back and see how successful we are after the first six months and find out what we need to double down on. Wow. That was just all in six months. Oh, that's great. You know what? You know what's crazy about that? First of all, it's just so refreshing to hear. It's a wonderful exercise. And, um, but it's crazy to see. I, I almost, especially toward the end there, I knew exactly where you were going next because you can see how this spider web has been woven. 
mm-hmm. or weaved. I don't even know what the hell the word is. You know, where you just go from one thing to the next. You want to restrict federal law enforcement to just federal lands. You say, oh, well, what about how the, uh, the, the crazy, kooky little ways that federal lands have been stretched out across the entire country? Mm-hmm. And, you know. So I knew I knew you were going to uh, to correct uh, Teddy Roosevelt and everybody else yeah. in between. That's uh, wow. Well, Christian, I'm glad we did that. I feel refreshed right now. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is people are always asking me to run for office, and I even had people saying we need to make sure Chris and Speaker of the House. You know that I would have a life expectancy of three tenths of a second if I was actually elected and they would do everything humanly and superhumanly possible to destroy and make up crack crap to destroy me so I would never win an election. Hopefully you never, I mean, if they find crack in your past, then that's, uh, they'll go for that. But then most of them, most of them smoke crack. they don't have to find anything. Frank, they could just make it up. Exactly. Exactly. They can actually AI render you with AI smoking crack somewhere with uh, Hunter Biden. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can't find Kamala Harris smoking crack in the White House, but they can sure find they would sure find me smoking crack with Hunter Biden on his laptop. You know, so. I, that's a great question right there. I know that the the president and, and other people uh, critical to the government, they get Secret Service detail. But what would you do aside from whatever security that they assign to you? What personal things, what personal protection would you work out? Would you and JC sit down and think about and say, okay. Um, they elected me House, the uh, Speaker of the House. I'm going to take the job. It's my duty to do so. I want to go and do this. But what can we add to the uh, the security apparatus that already exists? Because you're right. Yeah. So, so day number one, I'm not using the security apparatus that exists. I'm having my own personal security. I'm not using some secret service. I'm not using anything that's funded by the government. They're all operatives for one person or another. I don't, I mean, I'm sure they're, okay, so let me put it this way. I know people who were in the secret service who've had family members in the secret service, right? There are always good, uh, ethical, wonderful people in positions, right? Yeah. But I'm not taking that chance because I don't get to pick them. So I will have my own private security and my own private security is going to debug my office and they're going to debug my house and I'm not living in some place. I mean, if I'm president, I'll obviously stay somewhere in the White House. I don't even, you know, that's a very interesting thing. By law, does the president have to stay? In the White House? I don't know. But you know what? If I was president, if I were president, I was thinking about this the other day because I saw the, um, I saw some of the Halloween things that were being done at the White House. Uh, when we saw Anthony Blinken's children were dressed up like President Zelensky and the Ukrainian flag. Um, I, I was looking at that and I said, they'll call me the miser president or something like that. They'll call me the grumpy president. I would cancel everything everything like i know what if frank it's for the children i you know i really don't care i every just cancel it everybody should have wonderful halloween things to do at home i'm not doing anything like that i would i would have a no, very it's, why should my tax dollars be used to pay for things that i'm not going to be a part of and maybe things i don't even believe in 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jefferson said to force the funding through taxation of things that people uh, do not believe in or even abhor is sinful and tyrannical. Well, that's a good way of en- encapsulating everything that we're just talking about. In fact, uh, it- that's that should be the prefix for everything that you just listed off that would be done in the first six months of your speakership. Well, Chris Ann Hall, uh, great to have you back. We have to have you back before Christmas again so we can do yeah. some parting shots uh, before the new year and all that stuff. Let everybody know what you got coming up, uh, where you're going to be next, what you're doing. ChrisAnnHall.com is all over the uh, the episode yeah. here, so I hope people go and do some Christmas shopping there. But what's yeah. going on? <laughs> So we actually have a new coffee line, Frank. We nice. sell uh, coffee beans. Uh, they're they're a, a medium roast and a dark roast from Colombia and Sumatra. They're fresh beans as well. Uh, and we're doing that actually as a sort of little thing to get people to partner with us to fund our sheriff teaching. So when I travel to uh, places and teach the sheriffs and even the state legislators or the county commissioners of the schools, I don't charge anything. I don't even make them pay for my travel expenses, mostly because I don't want tax dollars paying for me to come and teach because I don't want to have to deal with all the wackanoodles out there that go crazy about tax dollars funding Chris Ann Hall. So we just do it out of our own pocket. And so the, the coffee is a brand new fun way to do that, and it's got my name on it. It's like the Chris Ann Hall coffee. Nice. It's really, really cool. So you can go to our shop at chrisannhall.com and buy a hundred bags of coffee beans and that'll help us get to the, you know, to teach the sheriffs and stuff. I will be in Pittsburgh um, teaching uh, teaching the community and a group of sheriffs on the role and the duty of of the constitutional sheriff on the 18th of uh, November. Uh, and then I'm going to be in some places in Florida, but really the best place to find out about my schedule is just to go to chrisannhall.com because I really don't keep up with my own schedule. One. I've got a gig where I'm doing court TV pretty regularly, and I'm on Victory News as a contributor uh, twice a week, which is a whole lot of fun. It's been a new stretch for me. You know, I don't get a script. I don't get the questions. And then all of a sudden, you know, in in 30 minutes, they send me a list of 10 questions they're going to ask me. And I've got to think on my feet about all kinds of current events. That's fantastic. So I really, really love that. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. And, and, you know, who was your uh, coffee brewer? Um, The coffee, it comes from Patriot Coffee. Okay. So in case I got it, it's not Black Rifle, is it? No, we don't do business with Black Rifle. Uh, it's called Patriot Coffee. Uh, I'm not sure if I, I kind of got the feeling my husband did all of this. So I'm just the face that, you know, tells you to go get it. Right. Um, I got the impression that they're a new group. Um, they're, they're a Christian group. They're a Patriot group. And uh, they are working with us, which is really cool. That's great. Well, I can't wait to learn more about it. And and, uh, again, great work on everything. I can't wait to have you back. Thank you, Frank. It's been too long, man. I know. I know. But listen, hey, in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving, and I can't wait to yeah. do it. Yeah. Our December, our December send-offs are always my favorite. So thank you for, thanks for everything, and I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right. God bless you guys. Love you. All right. Be well. There you go. There you go, Chris Ann. Oh, I forgot to tell her that Lauren and Aurora say hi. Of course, right now, as soon as I say n- goodbye.
Um, yeah. The Quite Frankly coffee is going to be uh, light roast. So, and that's going to be done. That's done by the, the Coffee Revolution in Iowa, I believe in Davenport, Iowa. We'll talk more about that later on. So you can get a light roast from Quite Frankly. Then you can get your mediums and darks from Chris Ann. You see how that all works out? Very nice. Very nice indeed. We'll be right back. I'll always defend a conspiracy theorist. Read a history book. How often does anybody know what's happening in history? We had a president in this country that couldn't walk. This is totally true. FDR, he was in a, he was in a wheelchair because of polio. They didn't tell the American people, obviously, because they didn't want him to appear weak. Sure. But you don't think there were some uncles back in the day <laughs> getting destroyed. <laughs> getting obliterated out there because they were convinced the president couldn't walk. <laughs> Just everybody around Thanksgiving table like, tell us Uncle Johnny about your theories. Like, the president can't walk. And they're like, really? <laughs> really? You're going to die on this hill? He's like, he can't go up a hill. I swear to God. Conspiracy. Who's that nifty new dreamboat that has the dollies flipping their lid? That's right. Join your Made in the Shade host of Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly streams live Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Eastern, and everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Goose it on over. For everything else, it's quitefrankly.tv. Welcome to Perpetual Health Minute, brought to you by Quite Frankly. Artificial sweeteners. Most of us know they're not the best choice. So what do we do when we want that sweet taste? Enter allulose. Allulose is actually a rare, naturally occurring sugar. It's an epimer of fructose, has about 70% relative sweetness and a 90% caloric reduction when compared to sugar. In animal research, allulose has been shown to improve insulin resistance, and in a randomized single-blind crossover study in humans, allulose actually enhanced postprandial fat oxidation, so it helped the body mobilize fat as a fuel source. So this may be a novel sweetener that could actually help control and maintain weight. And it may be the perfect choice for people who want that sweet taste without the metabolic consequences of excess sugar. If you like this video, please follow the new Perpetual Health Rumble channel. You can also find us at perpetualhealth.substack.com. But for now, thank you so much for watching and back to the show. It's been down in the basement since it happened. Five days now. I think he's having some kind of a mental situation. You know, an episode or something. All right. Hey, you better do something. I don't want to be known as the brother-in-law of the town nut job. I got enough problems already. Oh, shit. I got water all over myself. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just take a moment before we get into the rest of our stuff. Uh, to say please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, subscribe to the official Quite Frankly Gilded. In fact, I think I have a gilded code right here. There you go. I just put a QR code up on the screen. I'm going to leave it there for a second. Hover your phones over there and let the link pop up. And then get your ass to Mars. Actually, just get your ass to the Gilded. It's a good way to stay in touch. There's a constant stream of just chatter over there. Some of it is uh, unbecoming, but it's always fun. 
anyway, it's great to have you there. And uh, it's been very cozy. It's almost like the old days of Discord before the, the Kami Eye of Sauron found us. And uh, other than that, I really would like to um, encourage you to support independent media that you enjoy, whatever it is, especially if it's me, if you like this show, if it's become a part of your everyday routine, at the bare minimum, please give this episode a thumbs up, uh, a like, share it, give it five stars and a nice review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you watch it or listen to it, that would be amazing. And everything else can be found on quitefrankly.tv. There's a sponsor us page for all of you who would like to become a VIP supporter. I have spots open for postcards and sponsors for uh, with the, uh, the Polaroid sponsors and more. All monthly sponsors get universal perks, all of them. There are some specialty perks you can subscribe to on places like Patreon and Subscribestar, but everybody, if you're on a monthly, a monthly subscriber uh, basis with me, even if it's just for two or three dollars a month, they all get universal perks. That is including the Sunday streams, which I'm now starting to call office hours because it's just me in my office with a wonderful, beautiful, warm microphone. And I'm taking calls and I'm talking to a very intimate group of people. And it's a lot of fun just taking calls and shooting the shit on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday morning. Um, there's the book club, as you know, and there's more that's going on. We have giveaways and a whole bunch of other things that we are, uh, that we're working on. And, um, and yeah, and, and last but not least, the merchandise is going to be completely revamped right before Thanksgiving, I'm hoping. We're starting from scratch and getting getting some good stuff rolling in there. So go and check it out. Thank you to what is surely the sexiest, curviest, jiggly-butted audience in the world. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. The hourglass shape. Beautiful, bouncing buttresses. I know a buttress is not a butt. But now I've got butts on the mind. All right, let's go to our super chats. The first one up is from, let's see here. It's over on Rumble. 925 Wild G says, I hate fairies, Frank. They're taking over the world. What happened? What are you talking about? Are you all right? Jay Britt says, okay, don't read. Check my email later. Sorry. I don't have reflexes that fast, Jay Brits. I'm sorry. Um, here's one. Frank, I've tried everything to send you a super chat tonight to no avail. This was an email from before. If you're doing a stream tomorrow night, please, a birthday shout out as I'm turning 24. Now, this is a couple of days ago, so I want to wish a belated happy birthday to Jay. Jay said, your show has been a tremendous force for, of good in my life. I appreciate all your work. Me and my wife are expecting our first baby as well. Synchronicity abound. The due date is April 2nd. Somebody was getting busy on July 4th. <laughs> well, if the baby is born on, July, uh, on April 2nd, then that's just great. I am so happy to share that day with Jay and his wife's um, newborn child. Let's see if it all happens. See if it all happens. Um, I got uh, one from Cassie over here. Says, Frank, don't leave Rumble. That would be a big mistake. Well, don't worry, Cassie. This is for everybody who missed yesterday about uh, you go and listen to the uh, right after the intro introduction. Uh, what I said, what we're going to be doing starting in November 
somewhere between the 6th and the 13th that the second half of the show is going to be on quite frankly TV uh, exclusively live but everything else everything else is uh, is pretty across the board and I, I don't think there's anything to be worried about ladies and gents um, the world is changing and everybody is starting to realize that now there are opportunities to really hunker down on stable independent places that are that allow you to create a staging ground through which you can go and send your bat signal out into the world, be active on other places, and be able to you know, incubate yourself from what can be terrible fallout from deplatforming and all that other stuff. I'm thinking about the future here. Um, but let me simplify what I said yesterday. I'm not leaving Rumble. I'm not leaving YouTube and for as long as they allow me to stay there. I'm not leaving Twitter, Twitch, DLive, or anywhere else. That would be detrimental. I've got to get the brand. In fact, I've got to have, quite frankly, on more platforms. I just don't have a big enough social media team it, for it to be effective. The first hour of the 7 p.m. show, and only the 7 p.m. show, the first hour will be live everywhere. Special broadcasts that we do will be live everywhere in full. That includes Saturday nights and everything else that we create in the future. The day after a 7 p.m. broadcast, the full episodes will be still archived in their entire form on Rumble, on BitChute. Podcast remains totally unchanged. It's just that the second half of the 7, 7 p.m. show after intermission will uh, will just be on quitefrankly.tv, which has already been powered by Pilled.net and Foxhole for a couple years already. And it's um, it's really good. Now I had somebody. This is this is not the the response I've been getting because it's. I don't really think it's a big deal. It's a wonderful opportunity for the show. An opportunity that will allow me to be able to get people like Chris Ann Hall into New York. I'll be able to do stuff like that. I had someone email me and say that it was fucked up that I am casting off so many viewers to push Foxhole. First of all, if someone considers themselves a cast-off or a castaway because a portion of the show will be behind a play button on quitefrankly.tv, regardless of who is powering the, uh, the, the, the interface, that's a personal problem that I, I won't comment on. All right, We're fighting the armies of darkness over here and going to quitefrankly.tv uh, is the straw that broke the camel's back? I sure hope not. We're all on the front lines here of a uh, of a major apocalypse, and switching. If that's too much to ask, then man, it's not. There's no. So I, that's all I'm saying on that. But if you have a problem with the website, email me. If you are confused by anything, email me. And if it's something I can't fix, I will get the guys at Foxhole to help you directly. You can, you can email them at support at pilled.net. I mean, and that, is, and, that, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is something you're definitely not going to get at Rumble. They don't have any support, just like every other big uh, uh, website out there. They're not very responsive. They only prioritize their biggest uh, streamers. So this is about seizing an opportunity to create a solid, immovable foundation, like I said, from which we can send our bat signal out into the world through every other platform without the threat of losing it all. 
And the fact that Pilled.net is now reciprocating in an investment in the show that, you know, and, and the network, the greater network's future is something too good to not try. Especially since we've already put so much skin in the game over there as well, building our entire website around it. So I just say, don't knock it till you try it. I would never do anything to intentionally distance myself from this audience. I would never put a paywall up, nothing like that. I only, I only ever encourage voluntary sponsorship, voluntary donation. That's, um, don't worry about that. So, and, and again, one last thing on this subject for tonight, because I don't want you to be dissuaded to ask questions, especially when a big change comes, but I want to allay people's fears here. I know the vast majority of this audience who has the show as an indispensable part of their daily routines doesn't care what website they watch it on. And this is not the the typical response. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, actually, on to Pilled.net, where the, uh, the, in, the embedded Gold Pill Network allows you to send your thoughts directly to me in real time. Here it is right here. NJSF, thank you. Chai Possum says, good evening, Franklies, Franciscans, Frank and Chris Ann. Hello, Boys Blanc. Hello, Tempo 420. NJSF again says, the immediate switching phenom, the NPC, was built over decades, accelerated since 2016 with Orange Man bad brainwash. Yeah, the switching between Ukraine, Israel, uh, Russia, Iran, definitely. Funny Blue Square is the new Twitter avatar flag change. I wonder why no promotion of X avatar change anymore. Thank you, Sean Joe. Thank you, C. Blanche. C. Blanche says, hard to laugh anymore. Second Amendment, let's keep ready. I cherish golf clubs, bats, hammers, and knives. <laughs> I cherish them too. It's very good to have extra bats laying around everywhere. Uh... Casey says, thanks for the time with Chris Ann. Can she run for office? She could be the House of Representatives. She could be the Speaker of the House right now. As you all know, you don't need to be a member of the House to be elected Speaker. So she literally could be the Speaker right now since there was a, a little bit of a turnover of leadership recently. Can you... Oh, that would be amazing. And I also like how she admits that she has responsibilities and she's going to take them. Whether or not the Senate coughs it up or does what they're supposed to do is another story. You know, when someone like a Paul Ryan controls the House of Representatives and they go and repeal Obamacare, you know they're doing it because it's safe to send that symbolic, you know, action out into the ether and uh, and let everybody see how courageous they are knowing that there's going to be no responsibility for that actually passing. Chris Ann Hall, you know that this is not a this is not a matter of looking good. Uh, it's a matter of this is what needs to be done. So that's the the, the difference between that. It wouldn't just be pageantry. Robert Sarns, thank you. Chai Possum says Chris Ann for Speaker of the House. There you go. Brewbark says I would like to hear Chris Ann's take on the corporation of the U.S. Uh, she talked about 1871 before. I can summarize it for you again but um maybe maybe at the end of the week when we have a little bit more time what it really comes down to is the organic act 
though it is uh, it is theorized about a lot. Uh, if something like that is passed, that essentially transfers authority, that uh, that transfers a, a rightfully created authority into some other corporation, it is not. It, it's it's void. It's not real. Uh, right there, it has no actual legal legitimacy. So again, uh, if we're, it, it might be just coming down to a, 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 a situation where you're talking about covert swin, uh, some kind of a covert swindle that nobody notices. Uh, I, but you know, if it's one of those things where if consciousness was any higher and clearer in this country, then it's just no. There is, you know, you just all, you just don't acknowledge it at all and you go back to normal order you don't give your money to it you don't give your attention to it it's just not there and perhaps you can you can go and arrest the people who attempted the act of treason you can maybe do some arrests and and deliver some some capital punishment but other than that it's you know an unconstitutional act it's an unconstitutional act um so it's not like somebody secretly stole the country and recategorized it constitutionally. C. Blanche, thank you. Said C. Blanche said amen. And Captain Flint sent a pair of shades. Thank you so much. All right. You want to take a listen to this now? I, you got to see this. Now, here's what we have. A, um, there is a company. Uh, where are they? They're called Mark and Spencer. Maybe some of you ladies... Uh, shop there they are like a fashion and home goods kind of a company and all that well they put out their Christmas their Christmas commercial if you want to call it that it's dark there's not a lot of color there definitely no reds and greens and I just want to play it for you the tagline is love this miss not that miss okay so let's see what this miss is, okay? This is the this miss, not Christmas, this miss. Love this miss, not that miss. And it's just, you know, mindless self-indulgence. Well, I don't know what it means. We can start from the beginning. Start from the beginning where you have this, uh, I don't know, this 50-something-year-old woman that comes in into her home and she comes upon this. Whatever the hell that is. 
it, it it's it's modern art it's a, uh, a a lumpy pile of cotton shit with a black gaping hole for a face looks like uh, david lynch created it and she's happy to see it apparently she's relieved she's relieved to sit there in front of the lumpy pile of cotton shit and put more cotton on it why was it missing a face what is this thing and then we have you know the gay guy a a fancy gay guy who's putting a piece of toilet paper roll i i guess this is supposed to be you know uh deciding between an elegant star or a sentimental something from your past you know it's true and that's a fact yep And then you have the most diverse room of girls you can find on the planet having a wild and free time, unencumbered by, well, I think, I guess there was one guy in the background there. But, I don't know, I guess they're playing charades. Everybody plays games during the holidays. I have no problem with that. Then, of course, you come over here. So now that was the cra- that's where the real jump off point there. That's the real jump off point is the she devil who is uh who burns all the Christmas cards. Now you can say, well, Frank, is maybe she doesn't want to um she doesn't want to write Christmas cards, and that's the whole thing. She's building a gingerbread mansion. All right. You're telling me as she anyway. So the rest of it is just about as disjointed as you think there is now a I don't know I don't know the more gay guys and then one of the uh, the girls from the party takes an elf on the shelf and and hits it with a diversity bat and the I guess that's like the, that's like maybe the second gay no that's the actually the straight white guy that's the only white guy in this the straight white guy is the elf that just got hit with the bat that got hit with the bat and <laughs> off of there you go there you go there's a straight white guy <laughs> he got he gets knocked with the bat and said flying over the city it's just so uh, and of course it, it elicited all of the confusion and revulsion that you'd imagine there was other people there who loved the subversion and were just uh were just just liked that it was going to cause people to be upset you say well it's marketing if you're talking about it they won no this is not a win it's not a win so when people naturally reacted to this the company said the following they said this year's ad is about recognizing that we all have different Christmases and reminding people that it doesn't matter how you celebrate, just do what makes you happy. So I don't know what do, I mean, what does mindless self-indulgence have to do with this thing, Christmas? What is Christmas to them? Just like when they call people a traitor for one thing or another, you wonder what country they're, what, what country are they representing? Because they don't care about Christmas. You know, and you know, that being the case, that's the real thing here. They hate that they even have to use the word Christmas because it's a constant reminder of what they mean to avoid at all costs while reaping the fourth quarter sales that will put them in the black for the fiscal year. 
That's really what it is. It, they would much rather say something like, celebrate the winter solstice your way, or there's no wrong way to celebrate December bonanza time. You know, they, they, they would love to do something like that, but they can't. It won't resonate with anybody, even non-believers. So love this miss, not that miss. And I guess it's just a, this miss is just an amorphous, meaningless winter routine of wearing bow ties and drinking wine and uh, not being white in this case. But uh, so what is that miss? Of course, that's the real question. If that's this miss, what is that miss? Well, uh, they'll give you some mealy mouth gobbledygook about how it's everyone decorates differently and this and that. But I think it was the she-devil. That was the real deal. That was the real deal right there. Here, you take a look at this real quick. Mark and Spencer. It's right here. So, she's making her... Uh, her gingerbread mansion. All alone. But I won't do that. And then the fires of hell burn behind her eyes. And then she goes right after the stack of Christmas cards. Now, they could have picked any cards. Remember, this is all deliberate. They, can, they could have picked any cards to burn, but they pick cards with Noel etched on the front of it. Now, Noel, as you all know, or may not know, and may need to be uh, reminded of it, is uh, Latin eschatology, okay? And that means to be born. And in some translations, whether it be French or elsewhere, it means birthday, or in some cases, it means good news. Now, so the only reference to the actual reason why anybody would celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, is being blowtorched by a single 40-something-year-old wino. <laughs> That's just, I wonder how she votes. So um, you do not need to be a Christian to see the messaging on this one because you know that they would never take these liberties with Diwali. They would never take these liberties with Eid in Islam. They wouldn't even crack jokes at the expense of a totally fake holiday like Kwanzaa. And you can say, well, Frank, well, maybe she just really didn't want to write the, the, uh, the Christmas cards. Oh, but she would rather spend a night alone building a gingerbread mansion complete with a roasted marshmallow roof? Get the fuck out of here. Don't give me that. Anyway, it's 846. And now I want to take you, uh, I want to take some of your calls, 914 Two zero 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 two six nine. That's how we will end the evening. You give me a call. You let me know what you think about one thing or another. It'd be great to hear from you. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. And what do we have going on after the show tonight? It's Throwback Thursday. We've got some vintage, frankly, from November of two thousand nineteen. Oh man, man, that just makes that makes me feel relieved and nervous. It's right before it all began. Man. Vintage, frankly, from November 2019. Nostalgic programs and much more only on quitefrankly.tv. Powered by Foxhole. Powered by Pilled. And if you're going to be watching the show from there, you don't even have to leave in about a week or so. You just The good times keep rolling. Let's take a call from King. What's going on, man? What's happening, baby? Hey. Hey, uh... 
You're going to be in Fenway soon. Yeah, I, you know. Well, the, the, you know that's the whole thing. You want to get together? If you want, I mean, you got you got to let me know because I don't know how long it'll take me to complete the track. I think it's I think it's smaller than City Field, so it may only take about an hour and a half once we get rolling. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe well, I know you'll be busy. I don't want to interrupt what you got to do. But I'm about an hour from Fenway. If you want to get together. I'd be happy to do that with you. I'll, I'll let you know. Depending on whether I take Aurora and and Lauren with me, I'll let you know. If, if I'm if I'm all alone, I say let's let's get a let's get a beer afterwards. Yeah, that would be nice. Because then I won't have to. I, won't. I, I see. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was go- I was gonna say. Um, oh damn, I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. I see the race is a two-day thing. Are you going to be there at all? Oh, no. Both days or just one of the days? No, I I don't know what the two-day thing is. We're only on – it's only going to be the the 11th. So, they're, they're like – Okay. With those things, there's usually like a day where it's uh, a little bit more – people are going there just to, to say they did it and go through at their own leisurely pace. And then there's another day where I think that it is – it's like the the real competitors show they they want to go out there and set personal records and shit so that maybe that's what's going on well listen yeah you let me know what you want to do and if you want i'll make the time for you and i'll come see you all right sounds good i'll let you know all right brother you have a good night you too be good all right all right take care there you go there's king he's gonna run with me run with me and anthony (laughs) <laughs> oh man actually the last time we hung out with king it was in a in a uh, no no it wasn't it was here the second to last time it was in a baseball stadium i actually did a periscope sc- stream do we are those still are is that still up is there still archived periscope streams because if i can find that it is, uh, let me see, Periscope, login. If this actually happens, this would be incredible. Hold on. Let's see. Are there any video? Okay, I'm logged in. So what I'm looking for here is old 2019 Periscope, because if I can find that. Shut up, idiot. It is. Shut uh, up. Let me see, Periscope, login. What the hell is going on here? If this actually happens, this would be incredible. Be quiet. All right. Wait, wait a second. I'm going back three months, four months. Oh, if I can find the three years. What? Three years? No. Let's go four. 2019 was what? How many years ago was that? Three? Four? Okay, let's go four years back. I might be able to see King. Hold on. Set the charge. Halloween jam. Uh, I'm sorry, ladies and gents. Trump rally in New York. Oh, damn. Hold on a second. This is still all archived? Hello, hello. Old media here. We're talking several football fields worth of uh, cars and people hanging out. That's it. Wow. There's still a lot here. There's I'm telling Matt. you, Aurora, you're a great conversation starter. Oh, where's Aurora? Where is she? Oh, there's Matt. Where's Aurora? First rally. 
If Aurora's there, then that means Rob was there. That's when Rob got to hold Aurora and, and Aurora threw up on him. Let's see here. Wait, 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 wait. This means that four years before, that'd be a couple years before that. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but now I'm curious about this. Because we did some streaming from the inside of Yankee Stadium that night with King there. And I haven't seen that in so long. There's 420. Let's go 19. Give me the 19, baby. Give me the 19, baby. We're almost there. Oh, no. Don't stop. That's it? Is that really where it ends? That's awful. Darn it. Well, I don't know. I think um, I have to go investigate that a little bit further. Because all I have here is January 7th, 2020. Lauren was already pregnant. That's right. Yes, she was. Chilling on Fleckus Friday, huh? There's Fleckus. On January 10th, 2020. So I ha I missed out on having those broadcasts. Oh, I think maybe there's a 500 broadcast max. I miss out having those broadcasts archived by just a couple, I don't know, like a month. Oh, there's Lauren. Valentine's Night Chat with Lauren. Where is she? Hold on. Of a... Uh of a Bank of France building in 2017. But not only that, this is the guy, Lauren. I don't know if you ever saw him, but he was the one that... Oh, pregnant Lauren. ...sewed his mouth. Oh. Oh. Pregnant Lauren. But, you know, but, you know, we're only two months in, so everybody's still holding, you know, holding their breath and, you know, you can't tell anybody. Shut out of, uh, out of protest, and he's also the one that nailed his scrotum to the cobblestone streets in the Red Square. Well. And he's the one that's outing everybody for just having a little bit of fun on a on a webcam. Well, seems like he's got some other issues going on. Yeah, the you're right, Lauren. Anybody who would nail their scrotum to anything has issues. That's why I married her. Sharp as a tack. All right, let's see here. Uh, 914. <laughs> Five nine five six nine five. No, that's the old one. Let's go back to the super chats. Jay Britt says, F you, San Diego. Wanted to see if you would read that. No, I stopped myself there. Katie Sky says, So I'm gathering that you just don't think women's voting rights should be protected federally. Do you feel that there should be any federal laws at all if that's the case and the state decided that men could no longer vote? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, go ahead. Do I feel that I should be? No, there should be no federal laws at all. No, uh, constitutional laws are totally fine. You have to understand the Constitution, Katie. That's the that's the whole issue. It is a very finite, limited document because the federal government, the general government, is not the nation. See, we are not a fifty-state nation that has been fused together. Like like uh, Chris Ann Hall said, we are fifty nations with a very loose compact that is there to uh, to take care of very finite things like negotiating international trade, national defense, and post office. 
So once you understand that, everything else falls into place and you realize that all of your battles really should be local and it should be reflective of your local culture. Okay, let's see here. Um, over on, over on uh, the Rumble once again, Mange, or Mang, 1982, is now a monthly supporter. Thank you. Thank you. Don't see that every day. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Witchy Poo and Captain Flint and C. Blanche for jumping in over there on the gold pills end of things. 914, let's take a call. Uh, 269, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, wanting to talk about how the um, Speaker of the House announcement today Sir, sir, you got it. You got it. You got to get close um, to the to the uh, microphone or the receiver. And okay, yeah, if you have here, this is better, right? If as long as you don't have any Bluetooth connected, and if you're not on speakerphone, oh, house phone, landline. Okay, old school. There you go. All right. So the announcer of the speaker of the house today, people say he screwed up, and he announced the speaker as the 45th speaker. Instead of the 56th, I believe. Okay. And uh, in reality, it goes back to like 1871 when corporate America became created. And the last speaker of the old America that our forefathers fought and bled for, that speaker of the house was the 44th. So technically, with the corporate America dissolved and removed, over the past several years since Trump has been in office and what he's been doing would make this new speaker technically the 44, uh, 45th speaker of the House. Kind of like how Trump mentioned, I'm going to go away only for a little while, but when I come back, he's going to be coming back as the president that would have been following, you know, the uh, the order before the corporate America was established. All right. Well, I, I, I the clues and everything are all right out there for us to see if we're willing to like look and see them. So, well, I mean, just wanted to mention that. Okay. Well, thank you for the call on that. I, uh, I mean, I guess I can go and hallucinate clues for anything, and I. I really just don't think that what we have witnessed over the last... We've witnessed a lot of things over the last couple of years. I don't think that we witnessed the dissolution of uh, anything. I think that we have seen power concentrated, and I think that... uh, I I don't know. Now, if we wake up one day, and... What's that announcement like? What do they announce... When do they let everybody in on the the mission? That's what I like to know. When do they let everybody in on it? Now I didn't hear the the speaker being announced as the forty fifth. Um, I didn't see anything like that. It could just be misspoken, or it could be something else. I don't know. And um, you know those uh, those theories, I'm I'm always interested in, but uh, based on how there really is not a lot. There's really not a lot to write home about on that level. Uh, I, 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 I put a little bit less stock into them these days. But I'm always willing to be shocked, to wake up and to be shocked one morning. Um, 
I, 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 I'm putting all of my hopes and dreams into the, um, the, the raising of consciousness in people, spiritual awareness in people, religious revival in some way. Um, that's what I'm really thinking about because the, the kind of things that Chris Ann Hall talk about, if any of those trans, those ideas and that education can translate in more workable ways on local levels and have those localities bleed into regional regional uh, unity and regional consciousness, then who the hell knows what can happen from there. But I really don't see any Nisara, Gisara stuff going on right now. And, and you know, I don't know. I, I, I watched all the, uh, the devolution stuff. Maybe I got, I, you know, maybe I, I got to jump into them again just to see what else maybe what may be set up who knows uh, honestly as far as donald trump goes if he is a if he becomes president again i i would he's the only one right now that i would i would uh, vote for only because i'm saying i would love to just vote for the uh, the chance that there would be some personal revenge that he wants to take because personal revenge would work out for all of us in some way Especially if uh, if he does anything, brings anybody on that uh, that is worth their weight in salt. Because otherwise, it doesn't matter anyway. That's what I'm saying. One way or another. Um. So, I don't know. I, I I can't I can't give too much time to the to the 1871 um reversal stuff. At least not now. Let's see what happens. All right, uh, 9.01, that's it. I'm leaving you in the loving arms of the crew at quitefrankly.tv. A lot of wonderful throwback stuff from 2019 that I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy, and tomorrow we'll be here to, to, uh, to really wrap it all up tonight or this week, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that as well. It is November, man, and it's cozy as hell, so don't go anywhere. Just stick around on quitefrankly.tv and just enjoy the rest of the evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night and good luck. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite Frankly is filmed before a live studio audience and now our super chatters. Starting with Katie Sky D. Jay Brits, and that's all over there. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Thank you to Jay Semo and all of my wonderful friends over on uh, our 925 uh, Wild G on Rumble and our gold pillars on quite frankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and Pill.net. There's even those wonderful little stickers that go and bounce around inside the chat room. We even let those on because people like them so much. Go ahead, have some fun, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Until then, goodbye.
been down in the basement since it happened. Five days now. I think he's having some...